The content of this podcast episode comes with a warning. Please note, this podcast episode may touch upon the subject matter of suicide, as is discussed in the book The Midnight Library by Matt Haig. If you or someone you know is currently considering suicide or is in a crisis, please contact 1-844-437-3247. Would you like to attach a face to that voice? When you subscribe to the Book Interrupted YouTube channel, you get to see everybody, as well as check out a bunch of extra Book Interrupted videos and music content. Visit the Book Interrupted YouTube channel to see what you've been missing. Parental guidance is recommended because this episode has mature topics and strong language. Here are some moments you can look forward to during this episode of Book Interrupted. We've birthed her. No, no, that came out weird. <laughs> um, but Virginia's here and we're really excited to welcome her. I opened it today and read 42 pages and only stopped because we had a report. Yeah, I love the premise. It's pretty damn depressing. And it sounds like really bad thing, but... I wouldn't have really ended up with my husband. But some of them are like your worst boyfriend. Get too many messages on how to be and who to be. A 15-year-old kid living in a parent's <laughs> house. And, <laughs> but she was so aligned with his pigs. My body and soul. Inflammation is the goal. Try to something new. Disrupted. Mind, body, and soul. Inspiration is with God. And we're going to talk it out. On Book Interrupted. Welcome to Book Interrupted, a book club for busy people to connect and one that celebrates life's interruptions. Hi, I'm Sarah. I started Book Interrupted and asked the closest people to me to be part of it. First, I asked my sister. Hi, I'm Meredith, the sister. My first friend. Hi, I'm Kim, the first friend. My old roommate. Hi, I'm Lindsay, the old roommate. My high school friend. Hi, I'm Kara, the high school friend. My good friend and Kara's sister. That's me. Hi, I'm Leah, Sarah's friend, Kara's sister, and the final member of Book Interrupted. If you'd like to join along, this book cycle is from May 30th to July 10th. It's our fan Virginia's book pick, and we're reading Midnight Library by Matt Haig. A dazzling novel about regrets and all the choices that go into a life well lived. Would you have done anything different if you had a chance to undo your regrets? Published in August 2020, The Midnight Library by Matt Haig is a number one Sunday Times and New York Times bestseller. It's winner of the Goodreads Choice Award for Fiction, a Good Morning America book club pick, Independent London, 10 Best Books of the Year, and included in Best of the Year in year-end roundups for many other publications. It has sold over 2 million copies, and the audiobook edition is read by Carrie Mulligan. Matt Haig is also the author of the internationally best-selling memoir, Reasons to Stay Alive and Notes on a Nervous Planet, along with six other novels and several award-winning children's books. His work has been translated into over 40 languages. All right, so it's personal journal time. Let's see what the members of Book Interrupted thought outside the group. Hello, I am Virginia. I am 
recording my personal journal for Bic Interrupted for my choice, which is the Midnight Library. So first I want to say thank you to my good friend, Leah. Who's here? There she is. <laughs> so when Leah asked me uh, to join this book club as a guest, I was racking my brain as to which book to get. And so at first I was going to do something that was, you know, kind of in the realm of self-help. But then I had read this book called The Midnight Library, and it was really interesting. And it dove in some interesting concepts about regret and life regret. And if you could have a do-over in life, would you even? And so that is why I chose this book for the Book Interrupted podcast. So I am looking forward to chatting more about this in future episodes. And I just want to say a huge thank you to Leah for asking me to be a part of this and for all of the wonderful women that are part of Book Interrupted. Thank you. This book was already on my radar of a book I wanted to read. And all my social media like Storygraph, Litzy, Goodreads, I put it in my stacked pile like to be read book, a book I'm interested in because of all the amazing reviews on those social media platforms about this book. So I was really excited to read it. So I just opened it today just to start it like I normally do before we have uh, our first chat. I already read 40 pages. It is so good. I only stop because I have to do this personal journal. <laughs> it's the only reason I thought. It's really good. I've already got to the part where she was in the Midnight Library and she's choosing a life. One of the things I wanted to talk about that I thought was really interesting is that there is a quote in here by Sylvia Plath. Every season, all of our books end up linking to each other unintentionally. So our fan picked this book and Sylvia Plath was an example in Malcolm Gladwell's book, Talking to Strangers for the Suicide and Coupling theory that he was putting together. She was a main, one of the main theories when she committed suicide. So it's very interesting that there's a link there. And this book is, the, the beginning is about suicide, which is a bit sad because all these things happen on the same day to this poor woman. And she just feels like no one would miss her. But she did, just, doesn't, just doesn't do life right. So that's a bit sad. But I really like the Midnight Library book of regrets and stuff. Anyway, so far I'm really liking this book. I'm going to plow through it, I know. I'm going to read this so quickly. I'm only stopping to be able to talk about it with you guys before I continue reading later. <laughs> so enjoy and thank you, Virginia, for picking this book. Okay, here we go. Personal journal number one for the Midnight Library. And I have a confession to make. I wanted to do this personal journal before I started the book. That's what I like to do. I did not do that this time. And now I have had to force myself to stop reading the book so that I can do this personal journal so I can actually have three personal journals because I already am well past the knowledge that I shouldn't have had uh, in order to make, you know, a prediction about whether I was going to enjoy it. Had I done that taping at the time I meant to, I would have guessed I would enjoy it. I would have hoped that's what I would have been at. I didn't really know anything about the book at all. So it was all I knew was it was a fiction. And so would I enjoy it? Maybe. I can now confirm that yes, I am enjoying it a lot. I love it. I'm already a hundred pages in and I started reading it maybe yesterday. 
Anyway, it's a very easy read and it's so welcome after my challenges in reading what the Robin knows. I was kind of second guessing myself about if maybe I just didn't want to read anything anymore. Like maybe I went through a reading phase and then now I was not in that same reading phase and potentially my reading phase may return, but no. Well, or yes, it has, has returned with the help of the Midnight Library because it's so good and I want to continue to read it. I'm engaged in the story and I'm looking forward to stopping this journal so I can read it again. Hello and welcome to our third fan book choice. Virginia has chosen The Midnight Library by Matt Haig. And this is a really actually fun book because it kind of, I mean, it fits right into kind of book club idea because it's about once you die, you're in, you get to go to this midnight library in which every book provides a chance to try another life you could have lived. So it's all about regrets and about just opportunities and chances and ways to be able to take different paths in your life, which would be, you know, kind of cool if we could just go. I mean, I kind of want to do it and just be able to go there in the middle of my life or something and be like, yeah, great. Let me just be able to keep my own path, but just for fun, be able to transport myself to this cool world where I'm like, oh, what happens if I did this? And what happens if I, I don't know, decided to move to this place or decided to date this person or decided to... I don't know, study this, because you know how much I love to study. And, you know, what if I decided to be a doctor? And what if I decided to, you know, be a, I don't know, tax driver, whatever it is, all of these different cool things. So the concept is super exciting to me. It's so magical. I mean, I was looking at it online and it's kind of, they, they categorize as a science fiction or fantasy fiction or philosophical fiction, which is kind of cool. But yeah, I don't know. I just think it's really, really cool idea that you could have the opportunity to live a million lives within your own life. Anyways, that's it. So uh, I am excited to read this book and I'm excited to talk about it. So we'll, uh, we'll see you when we see you next. Okay, bye. This is my first journal for the new fan book, The Midnight Library. I'm excited about this book. I actually don't have the physical book which is how i prefer to consume novels or any kind of book but i was able to get the audiobook on one of my library uh, apps so i started listening to it and i think this book comes at a good time for me because after reading talking to strangers i've really been thinking about a lot kind of the different lives that you live throughout your life and you know, we were talking about this on the podcast before about how your impressions of somebody might be based on what they're into or who they were or the context that you met them when you first met them. And I've been thinking about all kind of the past lives I've had within this life and how different people see me, all the people who have come in and out of my life and the love that I have for them. You know, that little piece in my heart that they live, uh, whether I see them now or not. And so... The Midnight Library obviously is a different take on that. It's, you know, looking at all the possibilities of all the lives you could have led. And, you know, sometimes when something bad almost happens, I think to myself, you know, in a parallel universe, 
that bad thing did happen. We weren't able to prevent it. And I kind of feel, I don't know if you get this, but sometimes when something bad almost happens, I still have that grief that I have to go through, that bad feeling that it almost happened, these big feelings that I should be relieved. But until I process all that, I can't get past it. And part of that is the idea that in this parallel universe, that bad thing did happen and it completely changed my life and the life of those around me. So I think what I'm trying to say is the Midnight Library is going to be a real thinker. I'm looking forward to reading it and talking about it with the girls and seeing where that takes us from a philosophical standpoint. I just started reading The Midnight Library, a novel by Matt Haig, and uh, it's fiction, so I was a bit weary about getting into it because I just, I'm such a nonfiction uh, reader. I think the last time I only ever enjoyed a fiction book was uh, one of Sarah's recommendations. In fact, I think she bought it for me and gave it to me as a birthday gift, The Gargoyle. Oh, that was a good one. But this one, just started reading it and couldn't put it down, which is a fantastic sign. So far, it has all the things that I look for, which is... A little bit of like mystery, um, kind of like a somber mood, things that sort of like get me going into like reflecting. So, so far it's got all those things. I cannot wait to see where it goes. Uh, I also really appreciate how the author is leading with, instead of it coming as a big surprise, Literally, upon starting the book, you are put on the clock like a timer, a countdown of number of days, number of hours, until uh, the main character dies. Uh, I appreciate that because what I'm starting to get a sense of is that the author doesn't want to make the event of the main character passing the climactic event that at least it's signaling to me as a reader that the really juicy important stuff is pay attention. What is leading up to this event that is already being signaled to you is already going to be happening. So because I've already been given that piece up front of what to expect, it's alerting me to starting to pay attention. Okay, well, if I already know what's gonna happen fairly early on in the book, I am now able to put that aside and not start to strategize or guess. I am instead able to shift into paying much more attention, having an increased level of awareness into perhaps are there things that are occurring right now that are contributing towards why the main character is not going to be living. Also, it kind of sets up because if you read like the front and back cover you already get an idea of like what the midnight library is about kind of like a space uh, where you're not quite dead not quite alive not quite on to the next phase you're in like this holding pattern place so again by the author kind of doing a spoiler alert right up front it's also signaling to me that there might be really important things that are going to be taking place once the author is in the midnight library and that that just might be the more important things to be paying attention to. So we'll see where this goes, but I love it so far. And even though I am like, I don't know, 50 pages in, I'm already gonna start recommending it. Yeah, I am. 
Hi, this is my personal journal for, oh no, Midnight Library. My book's over there. I'm not going to get up to do it. But better than the book, I have our super cool fan with me that recommended Midnight Library by Matt Haig. Sure. This is Virginia. She's going to be podcasting from the shop today, so I'm super excited about this. I have not read the even the back cover of it today, so I know nothing about it. Ooh, it could be terrible. I hope Virginia can't hear me. I'm punking all of it. <laughs> yeah, I like it. Ever. Yeah. So, yeah, I look forward to starting to read it. And I guess I'll have a little bit more on my next personal journals. You better. And we look forward to having her. <laughs> yeah, because this is 46 seconds of nothing. <laughs> all right, guys. See you in the next one. Bye. This interruption is brought to you by Unpublished. Do you want to know more about the members and in Book Interrupted? Go behind the scenes, visit our website at www.bookinterrupted.com. Book Interrupted. Okay, so my interruption is, believe it or not, the birds. So John Young is a pretty sneaky guy, and uh, I am noticing the birds so much now that... They wake me up. I'm noticing that that must be an alarm call and what's going on there. I can't turn it off. I literally now listen to the birds constantly. So it isn't that I just wake up and like think, oh, that's nice birds tweeting. I think, oh, that must be an alarm call or what's going on there. I can't, I can't shut it off. So my interruption is bird language. Book interrupted. Let's listen in to this episode's group discussion. So I'm really excited to introduce our fan, Virginia. Uh, you may notice that there's one more of us. We've grown. We've birthed her. No, no, that came out weird. <laughs> um, but Virginia's here and we're really excited to welcome her. And she has chosen a beautiful book. It's a, All I know about it is I like the colors. And it's called The Midnight Library by Matt Haig. Am I saying it right? Sounds right. Yeah, yeah. Sure. we all think so. And uh, Virginia, tell us about yourself and why you chose the book. All right. Well, thank you, Leah. And thanks so much for including me in your book club. I've been a big fan for a long, long time. So when Leah first told me about your podcast with this book club, it was exactly everything that I love. Like, love everything about books. I love talking about books. So I started following your podcast from like almost day one. So kind of, it's, this is exactly how I was led to Midnight Library because I find I have a hard time finding really good books that align with what I want to read. Because I don't know about you guys, but when I, when I pick up a book, if I don't love it, sometimes I feel like it's a bit of a waste of time because free time is, you know, pretty rare these days. So I have this girlfriend and so over the last few months or years, I've realized that her, like her reviews on books are similar to my, the Seinfeld episode with Elaine and she meets someone at a, an old blockbuster and yeah, yeah, yeah. it was Jean, it was Jean's that. picks. You know what Jean's I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah. So it turns out that this Jean, that. yeah, right. was like a 15 year old kid living at a parent's house. And, <laughs> but she was so aligned with his pigs. So I've got this girlfriend, her name's Beth. And so I discovered that what she uh, likes about books is what I like. So like, her reviews are similar to mine. She's your gene. Beth is your gene. She's my gene. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Yes. 
It's funny how that happens in life, right? With restaurants or wine selections, you kind of have to find someone that you have an alignment with. So Beth had read this book on vacation and she said, oh, it's been one of the best books I've read so far. And so the premise of it was really intriguing. It's all about regrets. And if you had the chance to sort of do it over in the last couple of years, I've kind of been moving away from really heavy books that maybe have, you know, some darkness, like heavy darkness or trauma, because I feel like life has just been hard enough. The first time last couple of years, I've actually picked up and put down books like Goldfinch. Have you read Goldfinch? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The so, first bit is a slog because it takes them like, oh. I don't know, hundred pages to get into a cab, but then the rest, it is very dark. <laughs> I did enjoy a book, but it was- cab. I would kid you not. But it is very dark. Yeah, right. But it has such great reviews. I did enjoy it. You did? Oh, see, I wonder if I need to pick it back up then. I like dark though. <laughs> Sometimes I do too, but it depends on the phase of life, right? Mm -hmm. What's going on in your personal life with the pandemic? I found I just wanted something more uplifting. Even um, did you read where the crawdad sing? Yes, did you I read, read that, that recently. Yes. Right. So again, started off dark and I put it down. And somebody said to me, which I think was Beth, said, no, pick it back up because it's enlightening Jean. at the end. So I did. I was oh, grateful Jean. I did. Jean, right? Called Jean. Oh, Jean. Right? Or like Alchemist. Have you read The Alchemist? I have not oh, read that. That's one. great. Mm -hmm. Good, right? So that's uplifting. So I found mm. I really enjoyed that over the last couple of years. So I'm reading it right now. Oh, you're currently reading it, Lindsay. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Nice. It's a good one, guys. It's a keeper. I like how thin it is. I'm like, I can read that even if I don't like it. Yeah, it's short. <laughs> yeah. It's Most of his books are. I have a list of books to read. I'm going to put on here. The Alchemist. Yeah, I have that in my bookshelf. I just haven't read it yet. Oh, you haven't read The lovely. Alchemist yet? Oh. I haven't. I just never. I and then he did it. The Valkyries as well, but I like The mm -hmm. Alchemist more. Are all the books you're talking about right now fiction? Yes. yes. Yeah. Do you tend to ever read nonfiction? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sometimes businessy books, though, right? Like I did Dare to Lead, Brene Brown, Lean oh, yeah. In, of course, because that was great. Leading Change. The like more like businessy books. So do you, do you yeah. run a business or are you in business? I work in healthcare. I work for a company that does treatments like medicine treatments for patients living with brain disorders. Oh, wow. So Dang. yeah. Wow. Yeah. So it's just, but it's just more sometimes those books are interesting for like, there's nice parallels between what you do at work. And then sometimes what you could do at home as well, like in your personal life, sometimes helps me negotiate with my kids, you know, totally. like oh, for yeah. certain things. So yeah, sometimes there's a nice alignment. So so essentially, that's how I picked Midnight Library as Jean's pick. So, and it was Jean's. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Sometimes I wonder, like, I don't know if I'm anyone's Jean. Some of the books I picked, I don't know if I found the person who I'm the Jean of yet. Hmm. Yeah, you're going to find your Jean or your <laughs> Elaine. Whoever's going to yeah. find my yeah. Elaine. Somebody's I want to find a Jean, though. Yeah, I need to find my Jean. That's nice. Have somebody who's just like this, and you're like, yes. Yes. Yeah, that would Actually, be really helpful. Lindsay has recommended some good books to me that I liked. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yesterday, I was I went on your book interrupted website, which was fantastic, by the way. For That's so good, so well made. For so anyone well to go made. on, yes. And so I was looking at your profiles, and so you know how you listed some of the books and movies that you like. There are some similarities on that. So maybe each Ooh. one of you could be each other's jeans picks. Oh, that's yeah. a good one. I love that. That's nice. That's nice. <laughs> We're all just a bunch of jeans. Jeans and Elaine. Jeans and Elaine. I want to be Elaine. Yeah. You're probably both. You're someone's jean and someone's Elaine. 
<laughs> yeah, and nobody <laughs> really wants to be the 15-year-old Gene, do they? Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. You don't, know, you don't know Jean's life. You yeah. don't know Jean? Might, might be nice <laughs> to take a break living... from adulting. Well, it's best life. We don't know. That's right. That I don't know best Jean. Life. Okay. You could take a Jean for different things, Leah, right? Like for, well, tattooing or drawing or interesting ideas. Yeah. I'd say <laughs> Leah, Leah is definitely my Jean. Leah like curates yeah. my life. She'll be like, <laughs> I'll run ideas by her. And yeah, you just have a great way about giving honest feedback in a way that doesn't make me go, <laughs> I'm a moron for having like, thought of things. No, I like it. I think we're too similarly brained though, from the DNA standpoint. Yeah. Well, what do you what think of the now? premise? What do you guys think about the premise? I love it. I love it. I of love your it. fade uh-huh. or- I love it. Do over of regrets. I think it's what everybody wants. Has anyone started reading it yet? I have. I started reading the first cup a little bit. I read it actually out loud to my partner, Laird, while we were going Aww. to bed. I was like, oh, I'm going to read you a book. So I started reading because we were talking about audiobooks and stuff. Uh, yeah, I love the premise. It's pretty damn depressing, the first couple of chapters. Oh, it? <laughs> um, yeah, it's I'm very like, somber. Oh, my God. Ooh. Like, she's like, and nine days until she decided to kill herself yeah, or decided to die. And I was like, oh, okay. The countess, what happens the on the ninth day? Yeah. I know. I love that. I, I'm ready to get past the path that she's dead and she's choosing her different paths because this is kind of the first bit's a little bit, I don't know. I think, it's, I think it's what everybody wants, though, to know what would have happened if I yeah. did A, B, or C. Absolutely. Right? Because you just don't know, especially like bad things that happened to you, like my first week of my last year of university, I got hit by a car. I had to drop out for that year and go back, right? And it sounds like a really bad thing, but I wouldn't have really ended up with my husband. So I wouldn't have my kids. So you think about all these things that like mm. happened to you. And that one was a very obvious thing where it's like, well, it's probably good that that happened, which is weird. But there's all these other little things that any little thing can just change your life. And so would it have been better? Maybe if I hadn't got hit, I would have ended up with something different that what I would have been equally as happy with, right? Like, you don't know. Via mm-hmm. uh, show of hands, does everyone here believe in fate? Define fate. Yeah. I don't know. You define fate. You define it, Kim. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I do believe in fate. You don't believe in fate? No, I honestly, yeah. I, I, no, honestly, I get it. But you? I just think, because I've, I don't know. I th- but you believe things happen for a reason. So it's not the yeah. same thing? I believe that things happen so that if we are back to the bird book that we just discussed, if we are listening and paying attention and showing awareness, things come to us that could be a lesson that could serve us very well. But I don't necessarily believe that things happen in the world to us. I just believe that things happen in the world and that we have lenses that we look through to interpret. But also like how much is free will? Like I might be like, oh, I'm freely choosing to do this, but... I don't know. I might change my mind, but right now I'm just deep into studying psychotherapy and neuroscience and behaviors and how behaviors really stem so much from beliefs, which are formed based on experiences where the primary protocol is keep the human alive, 
right? And then we lock it in into our brain so that if anything similar happens again, we have like a protocol. So I don't know how much freedom there is unless we are an enlightened being who has shed a bunch of that conditioning from our world. I just think we get too many messages on how to be and who to be, right? There's a lot to get out of the way until maybe we're finally free. But in essence, <laughs> so in summation, you're not sure. <laughs> if like, you had to pick yes or no, the answer is maybe. <laughs> the answer is a strong perhaps. Yeah, I loved it. I'll never know unless I become, I don't know. We don't know. Yeah. Maybe fate will bring me there. So is that like a self-fulfilling prophecy then? Is that essentially what you're kind of getting at? Yeah, I don't even, I just don't even know if I have like a final answer. I just don't know if it has to be one thing. I I love you so much, Kara. That was the most Kara answer I've had in a long time. (laughs) It was a roller coaster of a a ride. I loved it. (laughs) This is why we're friends. I loved it. Anyone else believe in fate or maybe or not? I think we make choices and things happen and other things happen in the world that make things happen that you end up a certain place. Like, I don't think there's some destined place that I'm going to end up being because I don't know, some God or some gods or some whatever universe has planned this for me, but that might Mm -hmm. be just, maybe that's wishful thinking. Maybe it is. And we'll never know if we're destined to do something and we make a choice because something's predetermined that we're going to do that. I think I use the word fate for like flourish. I don't, I don't believe in fate. I don't think so. But you might say it was your fate to do that. I don't know. But like, we're really missing Sarah here because I'm pretty sure Sarah believes in fate. Yeah. I think I would I think guess that she does yes too. Yeah. But, um, what about soulmates? Do you guys believe in soulmates? No. Neither do I. I mean, I think there's probably more than one person that you could feel very connected to. I certainly try. <laughs> like I like using the term like I might say Dan's my soulmate but I don't think it's like just one person for you I don't took the definition I wouldn't be like I believe in that yeah I like to use the word is nice to use sometimes yeah. I define it as differently it depends again on the definition right is soulmate your one and only and once they're gone then you can forever be upset no I think that there's lots of what I would call soulmates or like twin flames but some of them are like your worst boyfriend because they teach you that hard lesson that you needed to learn. So I believe in it in that way that certain people could be your soulmate, but because your soul is on a journey that needs to learn certain lessons. So it's not always like the love rom-com version of what someone would call a soulmate, but it's important pieces or players in your life that teach you huge things and you either learn them or you don't. And you either sounds like Kara and you are aligned on this one a little bit. Like that things are, if you're like open and hearing, you both kind of believe that there are lessons to be learned. I think it's similar to the Robin book too, right? Because it's about being connected. And I, it's really hard for me to put into words this vast spiritual kind of understanding that I operate from. I also feel like I run the risk of like showing my privilege too, because the oh. things that I believe could be questioned uh, from that angle. So I'll disclaimer that up at the up at front. But like, mm-hmm. I think that regardless of fate or soulmates or whatever, the journey is to learn how to find your answers from within yourself, and you may find them 
from the observations you like for how you interact in the world and if you are following your truth which is what's very difficult as Kara is talking about with it's all that noise that you have to get out from under and lots of people never do because they do what they should do or they you know succumb to whatever the cultural norms are or the gender like whatever it is then the dissatisfaction is the result but if you're able to really connect with your own truth and follow it whatever it is in spite of what society may dictate that's how you journey to your fate which i think is actually just being content right like yes. just actually like living your life in such a way that you feel fulfilled whatever that means whether you're not doing anything or solving all the problems like whatever it is hmm. when i think about fate i think about that as long as you honor yourself then you will go to where you're supposed to go when Kara said predetermined though I'm not comfortable with that I don't think it's predetermined but I think it's almost like a self-actualization thing if you're able to solve all your own mysteries and problems and find your truth and follow it then I do feel like success is guaranteed whatever success means. Yeah, I totally <laughs> I have agree. A couple things. Yeah. Kim, I think you're my- Am I your gene? No, I'm going to say, I think you're my gene pick for fate. I read this book recently and it talked about that idea of soulmate, right? And so it said, which I thought was really nice that not everyone has one soulmate. Because what about those people that have multiple relationships in their lives and they get something out of each one of them and that's their life's journey. And I thought that that was a nice explanation for it because- you know, that would feel pretty crappy if you don't have one soulmate in life, but you've had a series of really interesting, relevant, profound relationships that have helped you grow and helped you, you know, have this really fulfilling life. It doesn't mean you have to have one soulmate, you know? So I thought that was really nice. But I mean, sorry, Meredith. It's kind of like a modern concept that like, that we're bombarded with these rom-coms that you have the one or whatever, yeah. fairy tales or whatever. For sure. Well, I wanted to say the book, the Robin, the bird book they keep talking about is this, What the Robin Knows <laughs> oh. uh, by John Young. We just did this uh, on the last book. So in case you're wondering if they're talking about the Robin book, it's about deep bird language. <laughs> Here's oh, a geez. different question that I think goes along with this book. Do you guys believe in like parallel universes? Like, have you seen the movie, um, Another Earth? Oh, I was like, Spider-Man. so good. Well, I Spider-Man. Yeah, I thought you were going to say <laughs> Everything Spider-Man comes back again. to Spider-Man for Kim. <laughs> Let's talk about Spider-Man again. No, like Another <laughs> Earth. I mean, this isn't really about like a parallel universe, the Another Earth, but it's kind of similar where there is another Earth and everything was exactly the same, like that happened on these two Earths until one day it's not blocked by like the moon or whatever. And then one Earth sees the other Earth. And then they diverge. And it's kind of like the idea of like parallel universes Ooh. and stuff. So That's who really believes in parallel one. universes? Because I like to think about parallel universes whenever like something big happens. I go, what? Is there another Meredith out there, you know, living this other reality? And her life is now better or worse because of this thing went the other way. You know? Where's my Jean? I called her. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I don't know how to describe it again. And I feel like that is a symptom of where we find ourselves. If you are here on this plane or this dimension or whatever, part of existing here requires that you're not able to see. Otherwise, like your mind would be blown and you can't live here because you, or you, you have, have crazy schizophrenia. Dreams right like no like you know what i mean like huh. people label you as mentally ill when really mm-hmm. you're just like no i can see the other dimensions like for real yeah. right but but i do think that there's 
way more. And I just feel like I have a whisper of an awareness only maybe because I try to work so hard on that being connected, whatever. And then, but to truly know it, you would have to be over there. Like you can't know it here on this plane because this plane requires that kind of less level of comprehension or whatever. But I do believe in a variety of things that are above and beyond just what we know to be our everyday existence. But what if there wasn't? What if it, there was nothing else? This is just it. Well, mm, that's, that's what it is. I kind of like that. It's kind of boring, though. Well, I don't know. I wouldn't. <laughs> why would I feel this way then? <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like I have the whiff. I've I've whiffed it. <laughs> I whiffed it. I think though. it's okay. It yeah, if it doesn't actually exist, but there is something interesting about contemplating the possibility of it. And yeah, I'd say that I'm similar to yours, Kim, in that I don't necessarily know that the other dimensions or realms are in the perceived tangible state that we're seeing them now i would say that they're like within the ethers we're just not perceiving them through our senses at this moment yeah because there's some i can't remember because everything is vibration like everything is energy so there's like a certain level of sound that humans can hear but there it Mm -hmm. it goes on and there's like a certain level of a light or i can't remember what it is but there's certain Mm -hmm. senses that we have and then there is beyond that that we cannot perceive and so it's like i feel like that in of itself justifies the other dimensions right like even color like yeah. if you think about what totally. like birds see back to birds versus what humans <laughs> see it's just like their lives like we think they're beautiful but if we could see the way they see we'd realize how much even more beautiful they are you know mm-hmm. i do love birds okay i do <laughs> okay, i love that you're like bringing everything back to, to birds it. yeah you're like you know what the robin you hijacked this in <laughs> another <your> podcast it <laughs> knows a lot <laughs> but for this book i love the way it started it's described as dark or whatever but for me it caught me right away i was really intrigued like oh and if anyone's ever read jody picolt she's a definite like take her to the beach read the book thing one of the things that really attracted me to her was the first book that i read by her was about a point in time but all of the chapters were like this many days before it or this many days after and it like worked its way back and forth from the point in time like it's just just even the the choices to write like to present the story in that way that had me hooked immediately Hmm. Can I read the first, there's this, the Sylvia Plath uh, quote yes, at the beginning of the I book that, that I oh, yeah. That's really also loved. fitting. So, Sylvia it Plath is, was exact. in our stranger book. Yeah, that's true. Oh, Weird. Oh, right? It's fate. I put that um, in my personal <clears throat> journal. So this is the, the Sylvia the, Plath, how it's. Oh, cool. Um, so the quote is, I can never be all the people I want and live all the lives I want. I can never train myself in all the skills I want. And why do I want? I want to live and feel all the shades, tones, and variations of mental and physical experience possible in my life. So nice. Love it. Love it. Actually, yeah, that was a really refreshing component of the book is that even though it was a little bit like somber in like tone or emotion, it was really refreshing to have poetry and philosophy. I didn't, re- and that's just on a personal note. You know how you were saying, Virginia, that you know, like there's certain one book could be recommended for you, but depending on where you're at in your life, it just might not be a good read at that point in time. And so I was at a point in time where I'm like, bring back the poetry, bring back mm-hmm. the philosophy. You know, like COVID's been freaking hard. 
yeah, I just, it was so nourishing and rich. I love that part. Did you finish the book, Kara, already? Oh, I devour, I like ate it up and then like regurgitated and wanted to eat it back up. That's not how you're supposed to consume a book. (laughs) Naughty. She's so naughty. It was so good. I didn't want to put it down. I would use it as like a procrastination device for other things I needed to get done. Yeah. Excellent. It does speak to the parallel universes too that we were just talking about, right? Like when you, if you had the opportunity, you know, to really think it through and then you can reflect on your own life. Like, would you, given the opportunity, go and rewind time and try something else or, you know, go and have a redo over of things that you thought were regrets, but maybe they wouldn't end up being regrets, almost like the car accident, right? Maybe like at the end of my life, right? Like that's what this yeah. book's like, because it's the end of her life. True. I wouldn't yeah. want to do it midlife because what if you picked mm-hmm. the wrong one and then you were stuck? You'd be like, but I want <laughs> to see how this plays out. No, it's true, right? I thought it was an interesting concept. So the Midnight Library is almost like this purgatory. So it made me think as well about whether or not one believes in the theory of purgatory. You know, my mom is Catholic, but she grew up in a Roman Catholic boarding school in Ireland. And so she really believes it. Like we were delayed getting one of my kids baptized. And she really thought that if anything happened to my son, that he'd be stuck in purgatory. And I'm like, are you for real? Like, you really think that if something happens to this poor little baby and that he wouldn't be going off to heaven? And she's like, no, he'd be in purgatory. I'm like, that is awful. She's really worrying about it. And you're like, okay, yeah, well, get on it. also believes it, that a God out there would not send a baby up to heaven, you know? So anyway, so I feel like it also touches on that concept as well as, is there a purgatory where you are not quite headed off into heaven, hell, whatever you believe. So yeah, I don't know. It yeah, sounds like a good that. purgatory though. If you could just like relive your life over and over for yeah. eternity, I'll take right. it. Yeah. I don't know if I would take it. I don't know if I would. Really? Mm. For forever? I think forever. Sure. Yeah. You could learn everything. It's like Groundhog Day where he's like stuck in the same day forever <laughs> and ever. And he learned all these things. Once but he you figured have to do the whole life? It. Not the whole life, just from where you stopped. Well, like, it was a book of regrets. Every regret has a book. Oh. Imagine oh, your library is really right? small. You'd be like, well, there's the 10 books. I guess I did it right. Nailed it. Right? <laughs> Nailed, Nailed it. it. Nailed it. <laughs> these only, these have got to be regrets that you haven't forgiven yourself for then, right? Because like you could have like something that starts as a regret and then you forgive yourself and then True. you get over it. True. Or are they only ones where you No, because sometimes she follows them and then realizes she's regretting something because she's projecting what that choice like automatically equaled. I would have had this happiness if I didn't do that. Mm-hmm. And then she gets to like follow it down. She's like, oh, that's not happiness. And then the regret goes away because she sees what the outcome was. Oh. So if somebody who had already gone through all that in their mind and forgiven themselves for any kind of regret wouldn't have a library. Correct. Probably. In theory. Well, you're probably like telling us the end of the book. I don't know. Right now. Like, is that's what she learns. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> Just ruined it. This isn't the book. Like I've read up to her being in the library. I haven't read her. I'm not even there yet. New yeah, regret. I'm speculating. I only started, started the book today. It. Oh, okay. I, I opened it today and read 42 pages and only stopped because we had to record. I was like, oh my gosh, this book is amazing. I'm like, right? I know. So good. She's picked now a regret and she's in the regret, but I haven't, 
gone into that story yet. But in that book of regrets, there's like tiny regrets too, right? She like- I, I should have exercised more. Yeah, I should have exercised. I shouldn't have skipped this thing. Like it was little regrets that she had too. One was like, I should have told my father I loved him the day he died or something like that, right? Like little things like that. But then the other ones were these big, like as the book went on, the chapters got bigger, right? As she got older. So she had bigger regrets and bigger regrets. Mm. So- Thank you for joining us on this episode of Book Interrupted. If you'd like to see the video highlights from this episode, please go to our YouTube channel, Book Interrupted. You can also find our videos on www.bookinterrupted.com. Are you having a hard day? Do you just need a break? Then I would suggest one of our off-the-shelf episodes. They're filled with laughter, silliness, and nothing serious. You could find them at the beginning and end of each of our book cycles like bookends. Hold on to your bookmarks because Book Interrupted is going off the shelf. Moments you can look forward to on next week's Book Interrupted. And that brings me back to my original point. Are you happy with where you are right now? Those types of reflections, I don't know about you, Sarah, but they scared the bejesus out of me. My regret is a big one that's going to be probably a little uncomfortable. Women too, right? We're so easy on other people and people we care about in our lives, but we're so hard on ourselves. You have to ask yourself, will you regret no. doing it more or not doing it more? I've gone to my own library and been like, "Woo, that was a mistake. Let's start again. <laughs> Does that just make me a psychopath? <laughs> like that yes. I'm not, that I, yes. thank you. Thank you, Leah. Book interrupted. Never forget every child matters.